Welcome to Speak the Truth. And before we get into our next episode, I'd like to share with you the 2020 Call to Counsel National Conference brought to you by the Association of Biblical Counselors. The conference kicks off April 23rd through the 25th at Doxology Bible Church located in Fort Worth, Texas. This year's specialized tracks include Introduction to Biblical Counseling, Depression, Domestic Abuse, Addiction, Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, Marriage, and Anxiety. Registration is open, so please register today at calledtocounsel.com. Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. 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 We are all back and we are going to continue on in our little journey through unpacking uh major uh, disorders from the DSM. We've covered a major depressive episode and bipolar disorder. And today we are going to be getting into attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD for short. And uh, we're going to be talking about that because there is probably half of American kids that are on some sort of psychotropic Yes. ADHD medication. So including one of my own. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, so this is definitely a topic that we want to discuss and look at it um, from obviously the DSM perspective, like we've been doing, and then looking at it from a biblical, excuse me, a biblical perspective. And so we're going to jump right into that. Uh, Any initial thoughts? Yeah. I want to know if Jeremy's going to grow his beard out to get long before the conference. Like real long? Yeah. Like Michael's long. Papalilic. I can try. Do you want to do that? Does Lynn want you to do At that? At some point, it gets so itchy. Yeah, yeah he's got a he's got a bulment. Does that phase keep it, change or does keep that, it lathered? That, Michael, does that phase like does it stop itching after a certain he said length? No. Yeah. No. Well, it, it does. Meaning, like right now, because mine's growing back. Unfortunately, um, I do. Why, unfortunately? Because it's itchy. Oh, oh, mm. but yeah. not unfortunate. It's growing back. We want that yeah. part. Right. But it's in that itchy stage as it grows. Yeah. Right? So does it get to a point where it stops itching? Not, yes, not as much. And so do you have to put lotion or oil on the, on your face? So it's a daily regimen. So, <laughs> you know, you need, you need to get a beard. I need comb. to do that. Yeah. yeah no, seriously. Well, I've like, never done that. Well, like, cause I, I unfortunately have dry skin. And so, I mean, putting lotion on my face is a daily thing anyway. Mm. And so mm. instead of just, you know, forehead and cheeks, it's, you know, Mm-hmm. Beard, cheeks, yeah, forehead. Yeah, we should get some moisturizer for your forehead. Yeah, I'm starting to get a five head and wrinkles. <laughs> it's starting to. It's, I can't wait for you to get some my age. Pepper, yeah, though, my like age is producing gray, some wrinkles. Gray so. hair in your beard like your dad. Yeah, a little, good. a little more salt going on yeah. with this pepper. So I think that we should do that, Jeremy. You should surprise everybody and show up at the conference with like a full on beard. Have you uh-huh. ever had a long beard? No. And a, and a corn Never. pipe. No. Would Lynn let you do that or no? Sure. Yeah. yeah, she would. Okay. Let let your hair grow out and have more of a comb over. No, no, like yeah. leave the hair. Yeah. Same, well, right? no, because no, because then he'll be like trip with the hipster generation, yeah. like in that generation. I gotta be careful what to say. Don't put a bow tie on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody logos, knows logos, what we're talking logos about. Will start changing. Um, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So again, in this episode, we are going to be talking about ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And uh, Jeremy, can you uh, kick us off with just kind of the DSM's um, criteria for this? Absolutely. And, you know, as I'm looking at this particular resource, um, 
I wrote this several years ago, and I think uh, upon looking at it, I'd, I'd want to come back and revise it a yeah, little bit. 2007, yeah. it looks like. Yeah, it's been a while. So we want to look at the, the psychiatric uh, explanation of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And then the biblical explanation, we want to keep in mind, we are, we are looking solely at spiritual issues that could be contributing. Mm. So the way I'm, when I, when I read over the handout, it almost appears or infers that we're completely ignoring any physiological possibilities. And I think we don't want to do that. Uh, We want to make sure that we're looking at the physiological, but these areas uh, on the biblical side are spiritual issues that could be influencing, causing, contributing to the issue. Okay. Uh, So this is a, a, a bit more extensive. And I think what we can do is just go section by section. So there's there's a section on inattention, there's a section on hyperactivity, and there's a, a section on impulsivity. And we'll just uh, go one by one on each side, I think would because, be easiest. Because could someone have one or the other type of thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. So like as you're counseling someone, you could be like, okay, is it more of an inattention thing or hyperactivity, that type of thing? That's correct. Okay, cool. Yes. Got it. Yes. So Um, And again, I want to make sure folks know we are, these particular uh, descriptors are taken out of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual version four. And we now have a version five, which has probably tweaked this a little, but it's going to be really close. So either one or two. So you have six of the following symptoms of inattention, and they have persisted for at least six months to a degree that is maladaptive and inconsistent with developmental level. Can you uh, just really quick, what is maladaptive for those who aren't familiar with that term? Yeah. So if, if it's, if developmentally a child, you know, at two years old, we're not going to expect the child to just sit still and pay attention necessarily while we're reading them a book. But at age eight, we would think the child would have that capacity, but during reading time in class, uh, he's bouncing all over the walls yeah. and seems like he can't control that. And a lot of times, he, I mean, one of the things that I think, even before we read this, a lot of times these kids are diagnosed once they enter into the school system. So the way that it's set up is teachers uh, report this to parents, recommend a psychiatrist, they go to the psychiatrist uh, and often get a diagnosis. But we have to keep in mind, you know, our little boy is supposed to be able to sit still for four hours at a time listening to a teacher. And if they can't, is that a disease or is that a mm-hmm. disorder? So it creates a little bit of a, a struggle the way the system is set up. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, this is something that, that parents are dealing with and we as counselors will deal with. So I think it's important for us to, to understand it as well as to bring a biblical lens to the issue. The first section is inattention, often fails to give close attention to details or makes careless mistakes in schoolwork or other activities, often has difficulty sustaining attention in tasks or play activities, often does not seem to listen when spoken to directly, often does not follow through with instructions and fails to finish schoolwork, chores, or duties in the workplace, often has difficulty organizing tasks and activities, often loses things necessary for task or activities such as toys, assignments, pencils, books, or tools, is often easily distracted by extraneous stimuli, and is often forgetful in daily activities. So those would be the, the, late, the descriptors for inattention in the diagnostic manual. If we want to look at the biblical side of things under inattention, you know, things that scripture, you know, if we see someone that's not paying attention or not focusing or, or not listening, some possibilities. And again, 
we're not saying this is absolutely the cause, but some possibilities that we have a responsibility and obligation to assess could simply be things like folly in the heart of a child. The Bible tells us that that's there. Uh, unfortunately, modern the modern version of the child is he's a blank slate. He or yeah. she's a blank slate. And then it's life writing the folly upon his heart. And so he becomes a person of folly where the Bible says we start out in folly. Yep. And uh, it's the it's the discipline of of the scriptures that can drive that folly out of the human heart, personal weakness, uh, spiritual or physical. So we do in, include the physical there. That uh, there could be something going on with a person, a, 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 an adult or a child system, that's creating the inattention. In the last uh, in the last segment, I ta- talked about Dr. Block and how she has done a lot of work on how allergies can actually cause symptoms that look like. Uh, ADHD. Mm. So that's, it's not a brain disease that's going on for this person. They're actually uh, interacting with some allergens that are creating behaviors that mimic what psychiatry would call ADHD. So she does a lot of work on dealing with the full system, the body. She does a lot of different labs. So there may be some physical, in terms of personal weakness, there may be some physiological things going on like that, that are just creating problems for the kid and they can get counseling for the next five years the best of the best in biblical counseling, and it may not resolve those issues because there's a physical component going on. Right. Um, obviously, self-centeredness or selfishness, which we're all prone to, uh, just an innate disrespect for authority, which again, we're all prone to that. Uh, and sometimes, and I'm not ever you know, always just blaming the parent uh, if the child is, is having behavioral struggles because there could be a lot of different things going on. Uh, but sometimes the, there is a parental lack in discipline, in structure, yeah. in order that's just allowing this child to develop uh, patterns in their lives that when they get into a different environment like a school or a job, it doesn't go so well for them. So that would be a good way if you identify that in the child, teenager, whatever age that you could maybe call the parent in to, to partner in this, right? Counsel mm-hmm. them on how to create that structure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Consistency I, is good for inattention people, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have... Um, you know, you, you can see a lot if you bring parent in with child. So I have observed often that a parent will come in, they'll kind of tell me the lay of the land, what's going on. Then we'll bring the little one in, a little one meaning six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. And the child sits on the couch, but suddenly for after about a minute, he's up, he's messing with things on my desk. He's knocking things over. He's rolling around on the ground and parent says not a word mm-hmm. parent. And um, so that's when the conversation starts with parent, you know, when this little Joey is doing these kind of things at home, what do you typically do? Nothing. Um, it's going to be very hard for a child to on their own, learn a disciplined life. If, mm-hmm. if a parent isn't shepherding that heart well, yeah, that's so, helpful. so that's sometimes good. bringing the child yeah. and parent in together, which is, I think is a really important thing can often show a lot of what's going on and how that parent is, is responding. That could also contribute to the, Several of the things that I'm about to read, lack of consideration for others, you know, that's something that is taught um, often. A habit of laziness, what's the structure of the home? Uh, are there chores? Lack of understanding regarding the importance of obeying authority figures, uh, obviously a biblical principle. Uh, failure to grasp the significance of worshiping God in whatever you do. So even when we're trying to help parents train their children, it's not about 
only behavioral modification. Mm-hmm. It's not about a child just learning to obey, but it's learning them to uh, to function with adults or in a school setting or in a work setting to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And then to assess and, and process what tends to get in the way of that as you're trying to do better. Maybe it's an anxious heart. Maybe there's some things that are going on in the home that have created a lot of anxiety, maybe even trauma for the mm-hmm. child, uh, which could be contributing you know, it's, it's not necessarily a brain disorder, but maybe there's trauma in the home and this child is, is dealing with things that we could, we could only uh, imagine. Uh, maybe there's a craving for attention. Maybe the child is pr- more prone to uh, loving pleasure. Maybe it's conscious rebellion, just a, a kid's wired to rebel and just no care. Don't no care. care they what, don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, confusion and anger. So those are some potential spiritual things that we could look for and talk to parents about uh, as we're trying to help gain an understanding of what is actually going on in this person. Yeah. I think, I think that's really good because then it's, it's again, just kind of taking time to really think these things through and, and partner with the parent in a way that I'm sure that this is very difficult for them to walk through and deal. You know, we want, we just want our kids to be this particular way and do these things this way and all that type of stuff. And like the uh, normal type of thing. Sorry, I can't tap on the desk, Michael. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) you should, I can't wait for video. They see how you eyeball me over here. Um, Got my eyes on you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyway. Double entendre, yes. It is Valentine's Day today, so. It, it totally forgot keep, about yeah, that. Yeah, you better keep your eye on me. Um, <laughs> anyway, but it, it's just a thought of realizing that sometimes, um, you know, it, it's interesting because I remember just with a parent where their child was really rebelling and um, the prayer that they were saying they would pray every time that their kid would throw the fit, that the kid would stop. And I said, well, why don't you turn the prayer to you and seek the Lord to help you in that moment to show mm-hmm. love and patience? So obviously, yes. is that a healthy prayer for the child to to not have to be going through those types of things? Absolutely. But it is also about like how in our sanctification process, right? And how we're growing in Christlikeness and how this particular situation can be a way that when they're not per se, like doing all the right things that we grow and learn on. How are we being dependent on God and the Holy Spirit to be able to, to show the patience, to show the grace, to show God's love that's unconditional to those who might be acting out. Mm -hmm. And I love how this is written despite how old it may be and updating that it needs. Like, I love that, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to call that out, but at the end of the day, it's about potential heart issues and how you've written it in a way that it, it, the big picture is for us as counselors to remember that even in talking through the behavior things that we're seeing and how it's playing out from a worldly standpoint, it still always goes back to that, that vertical standpoint, what's going on in their heart. How can we encourage the kid and that meet them exactly where they are, but then also how are we encouraging the parents? Mm -hmm. Michael, what are your thoughts? No, I think that's that's all really good, and which kind of leads us to just the uh, the hyperactivity part. That might be another episode, huh? Yeah, um, these are these are these are pretty weighty. Um, but again, these this is kind of a primer. If you guys want us to do more, we certainly can, and you can email us at topics at speakthetruth.org. But and then you can also get these at christiancounseling.com and the back page of being a member at ABC. But let me ask this question though, just because we're spending a little bit more time on inattention, and in the next episodes we can go to hyperactivity. But you know, when you have the kids who are saying, Jeremy, that they're struggling sleeping, you mm-hmm. know, um, I think I recently had an 11 year old, and um, 
and she just can't get her mind to stop to mm-hmm. just even rest. And so even when she finally goes to sleep, she's being woken up. And this is a little girl who loves the Lord. She's praying scripture. Her mom prays over her before night. Um, you know, we've even talked to just white noise machines and all these little, what factors can we do for her? Even what is she eating, you know, mm-hmm. going to bed? Like all these data gathering questions that we're trying to really consider the big picture. Um, I mean, have you ever like in just your experience, other little things that you have found work that we could give practical tips to speak into their life for that? I think one of the, one of the kindest things we can do when it comes to something like that, where they're having a difficult time falling asleep is to bring in, um, uh, like a functional nutritionist, Mm -hmm. someone that's going to look at their whole system and see, is there anything in the gut that could be creating a difficulty in sleeping or that can be creating more agitation, more difficulty in being able to, to relax. You know, the brain is a very complex thing. You know, when, when the amygdala is, is overactive, it's going to be very hard to fall mm-hmm. asleep. It's going to be because we, we enter into kind of a fight or flight mode. And so when you're in a fight or flight mode, it's not a good thing to go to sleep. You've got mm-hmm. to be vigilant to be protected. And so I think it's, again, just to send people to a, a a practitioner that's going to do some really good labs to just see what is going on. Cause often you rather than popping a pill, which has some pretty, you know, some of those things are, I mean, we're talking about some pretty hardcore medications. Uh, Ritalin is, is in the same family as cocaine. And so if we can find a, a natural way to help a person systemically, mm-hmm. then I think as, even as biblical counselors that we're doing them a great favor. And we're actually, when, if we can get the system in a more functional place, then it's probably going to set them up to respond to biblical care and biblical counsel in a much more effective way. Yeah. Well, and you know, in the inattention part for the the biblical descriptors, Michael, you notice it says, you know, lack of understanding regarding the importance of obeying authority figures where that would like, yeah, that would happen because they disrespect authority. They have lack of consideration for others. You know, what would you kind of say to the kid that maybe is, is rebelling in that way? Because obviously if they're thinking that way from parents or other people, wouldn't their heart be like, how has God been authority? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in answering that, honestly, I, I mean, I go to my conversations with my, my 13 year old, um, you know, who has been diagnosed with ADHD Mm. and, you know, his inability to, uh, keep attention on things. And he, his, he, I mean, he is unbelievably distracted. Um, and just doesn't pay attention to his surroundings that much. And so as much as there may be uh, a, a pill for that, uh, to kind of help mitigate some of that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, activity, um, but it's more of the conversations. And so when I have those moments with him where I can see he's clearly not paying attention to things mm-hmm. where that becomes a teaching opportunity. And you mentioned, you know, shepherding the child's heart is helping him understand the what, why, the, you know, and, and, and why and how and for what purpose and and really even back to um you know one of my one of my prayers with him uh, when he leaves uh you know going to school and everything because there's certain there's certain classes he's not very like he, he struggles in mm-hmm. and you know when somebody that has um adhd as it were which is really anybody anybody who struggles doing something that's hard they want to quit they get discouraged they, they you know they become heavily distracted because they don't like it and so me going back into um really the failure to grasp the significance of worshiping God and realizing that you getting good at this is really you glorifying God in everything that you do. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I can use the moments of what 
you know, the DSM would, you know, call out, well, I can use that as a teaching opportunity to shepherd his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so really all of these bullet points from the sheet that we're talking about, that there's a, there's a biblical teaching as parents to help foster that. So granted they may be on medication, but we can shepherd that heart along the way, mm-hmm. you know, oh, um, always, cause here, cause always. here's the, yeah. Cause here's the reality. You get him talking about something he loves. Yeah. His attention to detail is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get him talking about comic books or anything else. I mean, he, I mean, he geeks out. Yeah, he can geek out in what he want, what he loves. Mm-hmm. But when you're going to school and you're in your and you have to sit and go through something, you just you you don't understand. You don't really think it has any meaning in your life. It's very difficult. Yes, to stay engaged with that. I mean, most mm-hmm. adults they just what they've learned is how to sit there and act like they're paying attention and they they're checked out. They're thinking about what they got to do later. You know what I mean? Like yes. kids just aren't there. They haven't experienced enough life to really be able to get into that mode yet. Yeah. So and when it, they're when they lose that attention, they're it's clear in our day with all the screen time and yep, how much these kids are on screens and just stimulated constantly. Yeah, that's what I was going to go back making to. Making it worse and mm-hmm. worse. Actually, yeah. yeah, that stimuli, it's very difficult to when they're, you know, a generation that's, you know, growing up on YouTube and watching videos and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you have them in front of a teacher talking about something that they're not interested in. Good luck. Yeah. 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 It's a huge issue. Yeah. So I think for me, just from a practical standpoint, when you, when you go to this unpacking diagnosis, there's a, there's one for ADHD where we are kind of reviewing the criteria, but there's a page that's called discussion and that is jam packed with scriptures that will really help and guide you in going through the scripture and addressing these hard issues. But just from our podcast, cause I know we got to close out just from a practical standpoint, you know, I think one of the things is to remember that from a discipline standpoint and trying to create consistency and speaking into the hearts of these young ones, not just from the counselor, but those who are serving in the church and just us as parents is to remember just to have patience and and speak directly into it to where like the other day at our house, just since you already used him as an example and he broke the bed in his room and then you came in there to fix it and he immediately walked out of the room, right? And you're in there fixing the bed. And so my response was, you know, initially, well, why are you not in there helping your dad fix the bed? Well, I should really not question him, but more so like take time to say, hey, listen, you know, your dad's in there helping you. You do this. This is your, you know, you broke it. It's your bed. You need to learn how to fix it. So how about we go back in there and allow your dad to help you do this type of thing, right? Yeah. So we're just really having patience and understanding in the moment of saying where someone might normally have stayed in there and helped you you know, or allowed you to help them fix it. He was just kind of like leaving, right? He was on to the next thing, if that makes sense. We are so busy as parents that we just, our schedule is jam packed. And because we're so busy, sometimes our family can get the leftovers. And so as a counselor, I think it's really good just to ask questions about your parents' schedules. You know, what's the life and in, in the home of the child? What are ways that you can speak into helping them steward um, their time better, right? Their their assignments and the things that they're even serving in the church is a good thing. But if they're giving more to the church than their own family, then there there's areas that they're doing things in their own will. And um, anyway, and then I, and I saw that you had, you know, kind of put put that in there as far as like the criteria um, of just making sure there's no family disharmony that, you know, the, again, the fatigue due to lack of rest um, and then just the lack of training. And um, with the first Corinthians 1031, like on whatever we do, you know, doing it for the glory of the God is very important. Um, so making sure that we're spending time really speaking into our kid's life. So. 
Yeah, that's good. And we definitely need to uh, do part two to ADHD because there's a lot to this. And and this is really more of uh, parenting piece as well, because this is so ingrained in our culture and there's so many kids on ADHD medication. And it really does, in in my opinion, um, really kind of capture something far uh, bigger in terms of what's going on in our culture and really kind of comes after just this level of idolatry. Yeah. You know, because this, when you look at these, you see opportunities to help our kids build character, but we, we don't, we don't want to take the time as parents, Shauna, to your point in the busyness, we don't want to take time to actually actually shepherd our kids. Yeah. There's, there's, it's more like, why are you this way? Well, I'm about to open, I'm about to open up a whole nother episode, but I'll linger with this. And that is, it seems like we, in our culture today, our kids have more people speaking into their lives than their own parents. They have a coach mm-hmm. for sports. They have a, they have a teacher. They, they literally, for every facet of life, they have somebody else speaking into their lives besides the ones who God has ordained to speak in their lives. Yeah. So everything I see on these papers about ADHD, I'm seeing, well, a lot of this is parental. Yes. You know, so th- there's a lot here. And so we can talk more not, about that. Not negating how these other people play into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm, not, I'm not. First and foremost. Yeah, I'm, I'm not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I'm just simply saying there, there's yeah. far more to talk about. I know you don't like it when I say that. Uh, <laughs> there's far more going on here than just simply having a discussion about symptomology. Right. And and that's that's, so that's why this one's really important. So uh, with that, we will see you guys later. And remember, go to topics at Speak the Truth. You can email us there. uh, Let us know what you want us to talk about. Or if you'd like us to pick up on some things that we've already talked about at greater length, let us know. We'll see you next time.